Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Twit News Special number 392 for Tuesday, May 23rd, 2023. Microsoft Build Keynote number one. Twit News is brought to you by ACI Learning. IT skills are outdated in about 18 months. Uh, you got to stay ahead of the curve. Future-proof your business's competitiveness with customizable, entertaining training. Fill out the form at go.acilearning.com slash twit to get more information on a free two-week training trial for your team. Hello, everybody. Leo Laporte here in the uh, Twit Studios in Petaluma, California. We're going to go to Seattle, Washington in just a minute for the first keynote for Microsoft's developer conference, Build. Uh, this keynote will be Satya Nadella and Yusuf Mehdi talking about, I'm presuming, AI and uh, perhaps Microsoft's future. The keynotes, there are two of them, and we're going to cover both of them. Uh, Tuesday is, I guess, you know, the big CEO keynote. And uh, Wednesday, perhaps more product-focused, we'll see. Um, sometimes uh, we we usually do these, and sometimes they're very interesting, and sometimes they're more just a lot of corporate uh, talk and things like that. So we're going to find out in just a few minutes when um, Satya Nadella takes the stage. I see uh, Christina Warren on camera right now. Hi, Christina. Kenya. They are talking about the Microsoft Imagine Cup, which is a developer competition for student teams. Christina, tell me about the afternoon sessions. Yeah, I'm super excited about Scott Hunter's uh, building. Christina still works uh, as a developer uh, relations person at GitHub. That's great. There are also some really good sessions on OpenAI. Shocker, I know. We're going to be talking about AI at this conference. What? What? (laughs) Um, Arun Nets is is doing um, analytics in the age of AI. I love it. Um, Anybody at home, take a sip of coffee or water or whatever every time we say AI. Both uh, Rich and uh, Paul, I think, are in Seattle for this uh, (laughs) event. Oh, there's Rich. uh, I thought you were in Seattle for this. Event. I am. Oh, I'm in. The, I'm sitting. I'm sitting in a hotel room next door. You sacrificed the, the opportunity center. to sit in the audience just for us. Yeah, uh, you're that special. Leader. Thank you, Rich Campbell, of course, uh, co-host of Windows Weekly and host of Runners Radio and Dot Com Rocks, and we're so glad to have some expertise here instead of just me. What are you? <laughs> what are you expecting today? I mean, a lot of AI conversation. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, the, the demand is huge. People are very excited. And they've been working like bad. There's going to be the expected improvements in the cloud and, and some dev tooling and so forth. But, uh, but the AI is going to steal the story. Uh, they're billing uh, this uh, talk as uh, Satya Nadella, of course, the CEO. But then Yusuf Mehdi is expected to join. He is vice mm-hmm. president of the Modern Life and Devices Group. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know how you get that title. It's really something. Um, I'm excited to see Kevin Scott appear. I bumped into him yesterday at uh, at Build at the pre-day. And, uh, you know, he came from LinkedIn. And he's been CTO for a long time. But he's largely been behind the scenes. This seems like an appearance for him. that he's, He's sort of coming out. Uh, heavily it, a lot of the ai initiatives have been through the office of the cto interesting so yeah i think it's a, he's an important player Medi's in charge of search as well and of course 
uh, Bing uh, has been a big beneficiary of uh, chat GPT. Mm-hmm. And uh, I expect we're going to see uh, AI in not only search, uh, but in uh, office. We've already previewed that and uh, maybe in other places as well. Medi also runs devices. Do you think we'll see any hardware today or tomorrow? I'm really not expecting new hardware. That'd be a surprise to me. It's usually yeah. the fall for hardware. Right. Right, the surface events. Didn't they say initially Panos Panay would be speaking at one of these two keynotes? Yeah, I thought so, but it's been a lot. It seems like there's been a lot of cuts. It's, it's, it's been back down, and forth, hasn't it? In. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, there's a few other product teams that I'm close to whose things have been pushed out to after build. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, we're going to go pretty quickly as soon as uh, Christina and her cohort uh complete their the tease to solve them right I'm a you're fixer. like a you're like a tech therapist <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. They, yeah that's definitely it's always a little true, this, this show, uh um, which will bring to you live imagine cups always a little cringy but, but, to me know, for some I reason i'm not like sure the why capabilities you have they're all trying to be excited now. i mean christina's so a constant like, mc i had dinner with carawana last night she's getting ready for this he's going to be the hub of the story today so she's got a lot to do and seth is one of the guys who used to run uh, was one of the main hosts for Channel 9 for the longest time. Yeah. But he actually has a strong background in machine learning. It's actually a master's degree in mathematics. He's wow. brilliant. Wow. And it's it's one of those things where eventually the company figured out, like, what are you doing at Channel 9? And they put him into, <laughs> it's like, we need you in machine learning, and we need you there now. <laughs> so uh, we expect, what, about an hour and a half, two hours perhaps of the keynote? Yeah. At least an hour and a half. I heard them rehearsing last night. It's uh, oh, you it's know extensive. then what's going to happen. You you're ready. I know some things, but uh, okay, you know anything you want to tell know us. How it's actually going to present? I think we've sort of tipped it off. Like it's is exactly what you think it's going to be. It is <laughs> a bunch of tooling to let you bring those large language models into your business okay. and into your in, into your work. Uh, the uh, the way they're they're billing it on the uh, web page is uh, that uh, Satya Nadella prepares you for the AI future or something something similar. So uh, yeah. I, look, I look forward to uh, seeing uh, exactly uh, what he has to say. Um, we're still waiting. They're a little bit behind. It's uh, three minutes after nine already. Uh, yeah. They are not quite ready. Did they feel... Did, uh, how, how much does Microsoft rehearse these? You know, of course, the legendary uh, uh, Apple keynotes were rehearsed often for weeks ahead of time. Yeah, I don't know that they go quite that far, but everybody I know who's involved in it, it's been all weekend. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and they were working yesterday and yesterday evening as well. I mean, they let Carawana go out to the creator's dinner last night, so at least she was able to get out a little bit. Nice. But, uh, the uh, tagline yeah, for this speech of- is, Satya Nadella shares how Microsoft is creating new opportunities for developers across our platforms in the new AI era. And it just sent me right over to the the page if you do i should warn you want to watch um uh, such as a speech without commentary microsoft is streaming that uh you should be able to find that at build.microsoft.com uh without our chatter but if you'd like to know uh what rich campbell uh thinks less so me but more rich campbell thinks about what you're hearing i would stay tuned uh to this stream so we're gonna carry the microsoft stream at in a Mystery Science Theater 3000 fashion uh, comment on top of it. We've even got those little bubbles, uh, you see, so we can float around in the keynote. 
One, one moment. Yep, they're telling me because this is live, and we are now going to hop onto something else throughout our、oh, show. Something's we'll going on on stage. They're、uh, and Microsoft MVPs they're telling them stretch. Professionals making a difference and engaging. They must have had a script ready for,、uh, for this. This is one of those MVPs. Yeah. Yeah. I should, by the way, while we're watching this uh, commercial, uh, thank our folks at ACI Learning for sponsoring our live news、uh, content. ACI Learning, if your IT training isn't raising your team to its highest potential, you need ACI Learning. Future proof your business, retain top talent and upskill teams with ACI Learning and their team of dedicated account managers. The training industry's completion rate about 30%. People bail, lots of them. Not at ACI Learning. They blow their competitors away with an over 80% completion rate. Why? Because it's good stuff. It's compelling. It's interesting. People want to take these classes. That's why your,、uh, your IT guys will be thrilled and gals to be getting this. It's kind of a great benefit you can offer. You know, your enterprise needs cohesive, cutting edge training to keep your team compliant and ahead of the pack. <laughs> compliant, as in compliance. <laughs> Uh, choose an existing course. Let ACI Learning combine modules for a tailored solution, or you can even have them custom design a course to address your business's specific needs. This is the format that IT professionals want. Fill out the form at go.acilearning.comslash twit to get more information on a free two week trial for your team. We thank ACI Learning for、uh, making our twit special news broadcast possible. They're still stalling in Seattle. Uh, <laughs> there may be a、uh, wardrobe malfunction. I don't know.、Oh, the time I, has come for our、go. first keynote. Now, over to Microsoft Chairman and CEO Satya Nadella. This is live, right, Richard? This is not pre recorded.、Yeah. I think we just proved that. And what is this、uh, space? This is the new convention center. This was built during the pandemic. It's quite beautiful.、So. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I was walking through it、uh, yesterday. Downtown the old, the Seattle? Old, the old convention center is like a block away.、Oh, yeah,、okay. this is、uh, eight, Eighth and Olive. Okay. Reminds me a little bit of、uh, San Francisco's、uh, Herba Buena Center, a little bit, Moscone、mm-hmm. Center.、Mm-hmm. Has that. I guess when, you know, a convention center, there's not too many possible designs. Concrete, glass, and wood. That's it, in a box. Yeah, in a box. In a box. This is new. That is interesting, too. I, this must be the、uh, new AI logos. I think it's AI generated. Feels like it. I have to say, you know, I should prepare folks. I am an AI skeptic. I,、uh, I think AI at this point is、uh, just a parlor trick. Uh, just、uh, Eliza on steroids. And、uh, mm-hmm. I am very skeptical. Not going to argue with you there, Leo. Yeah, I'm very skeptical that it will become a, any sort of thinking machine. Oh, I, I'm not worried about that at all. Yeah. I think it, it, I think it can help people without trying to have any. Yeah. We have to understand what the limits are. But, but, you know, these days, corporations are raising huge amounts of money by just painting anything they're up to with the brush of AI, much like blockchain a few years ago. Yeah. True enough. This is a demo of the Bing chat. He's, oh, please, don't, don't write such a speech, okay? <laughs> oh, no. 
It's like reading my mind. It's magical. <laughs> yeah, this is what I don't like. Is this kind of it's magic? It's reading my mind. It's We're not. Yeah, it's really scale not. Scale like never before. And the music AI it's generates is crap and just runs with it. <laughs> it can't drive it's your funny. car reliably. Yeah. It's funny what's a hard problem for these machine learning models and what's it easier with. Well, I, I'm kind of of the opinion that the first 90% of a lot of this stuff is easy. It's easy to do the mediocre. Very, very hard to do that last 10%. Almost perhaps impossible. We always try that. You know, we try to do that. We're always impressed by the first 90%. And I think people are projecting into the future. Well, look at the growth we've had in the last six months. It can only continue like that. And I think that, no, there's a natural limit. Uh, you know, the big race, I think part of the reason for the serious hype right now is that these large language models are incredibly expensive to operate. Yeah. If they don't get a huge number of customers quickly, right. they're going to have to shut it down. Right. I don't think we're going to see an AI winter again. That's because happened before. But I do think there'll be a, a time when we'll maybe be a little more skeptical and, and say, yeah. Hmm. Well... AI winters are really about funding for research, and one would argue that in a lot of ways that funding's already dried up. We're just we're doing a lot of engineering right yeah. now. We're implementing. Now it's productizing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Here comes Sachin Adela, CEO of Microsoft. Here he is. Very casual. Sneakers, sweatshirt. Yeah. Practically hoodie. hoodie. Yeah. Good morning. It's fantastic to see you all. Welcome to Build. All of those you made it here. It, you know, it's fantastic to be back. He's gotten much more relaxed. And everyone uh, joining online. Yeah. You know, these uh, developer conferences are special. He went to CEO school. Places to be, <laughs> yeah. especially when uh, platform shifts are in the air. Take off that suit. Uh, Put I distinctly on a hoodie. remember my uh, first PDC in 1991. Uh, driving up uh, 101 into Mousconi Center, and um, my life changed after uh, that developer conference. So we're, it's exciting to be able to come back to build 2023 uh, with that same sense of anticipation of something big that is shifting around us as developers. Uh, to just sort of put this in perspective, in fact, last summer I was reading uh, Mitchell Waldrop's dream machine um, while I was playing with uh, DV3 Noticely, but noticeably more conversational one of the knocks um, I've always had on such is he would get into business speak very quickly and it, it would be very difficult to grab hold of whatever what it was he was trying all to about. communicate but this is much uh, more I think that, that concept of dream machine uh, perhaps best communicates what we have really been doing over the last 70 years, right? All the way starting with uh, what Vannevar Bush wrote in his most seminal paper, uh, as we may think, where he had all these concepts like associative memory uh, or what Licklider was the first one who even conceptualized the human-computer symbiosis, uh, the mother of all demos um, that came in 68 uh, to the Xerox Alto, um, and then, and then of the course, Macintosh. the PDC okay, that so. I attended, which was the PC Server one um, in 91. The, 93 is when uh, we had the mosaic moment. Then there was iPhone and the cloud. And all of these would be one continuous journey. And then, I, in fact, the other thing I've always loved is Jobs' description of computers as bicycles for the mind. It's sort of a beautiful metaphor. I think it captures the essence of what computing is. But then last November, we got an upgrade. 
right? We went from the bicycle to the steam engine uh, with the launch of ChatGPT. It was like the mosaic moment for this generation of the AI platform. Uh, and, and now we look forward to, as developers, what we can do going forward. And so it's exciting time. Uh, and in fact, every layer of the software stack is going to be changed forever. Um, and no better place to start than the actual developer stack, right? We as developers, how do we build? Copilot is fundamentally has been around changed. for more than a year now. In fact, when I think about and really is um, Microsoft's build, big success. I think about first code spaces, right? Being able to set up that environment in, you know, in seconds versus released, minutes. A dev box, yeah, you know, instead of so, waiting yeah, for a day you know, two for years manage dev box to yeah, be set up, you have it in less than an hour. Um, if you think about Copilot, what it does to you and Copilot X it in terms of driving to you or for flow you. and productivity, <laughs> uh, which is what, 54% of the I'm, so I'm finding GitHub Copilot uh, And less then, of course, GitHub Actions it, absolutely, and you know, absolutely. Uh, dev environments uh, really making that possible for you to stay. I think partly because we're learning how to use it, right? We're, we're not depending on yeah. it. Hey, I want to stay. It's also who's code. using it and the fact that the compiler has a say. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the code has to compile to be useful. Right. So a lot right. of dumb that, gets that protects you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Back, both the joy of programming and the flow of programming. Uh, that ability to be able to stay on task is just so wonderful uh, to see. So how we build software is radically different. But Have you used Copilot in your coding? As developers, yeah. is really... And, does it, and you know what? I'm not going to call it radically different. It's just like and I had a smart guy sitting beside me and said, try this. You know, yeah, it's, it's pair programming like with I a computer. I came in on January 1st and said, Basically. let's start doing press releases. But it does feel like that. Um, it does feel like we're every week there is something new. And, you know, we're infusing this new AI stack across all layers of it, right? So we started with tooling in GitHub, um, or rather Copilot in uh, GitHub. We did Copilot in Power Platform. Uh, and when it comes to productivity, Copilot in Microsoft 365, Copilot in Viva, in Business Process, it's the Copilot in Dynamics 365. Uh, and if, when it comes to industry sort of workflows, uh, what Nuance has done with DAX or the security Copilot, um, or the co-pilot, of course, for the web in Bing and Edge, uh, features in LinkedIn, which are driven by AI, and of course, the AI infrastructure with Azure Open AI APIs and everything These else lists are around not helpful. it. Right? This so is not every layer of the stack is profoundly Humans don't uh, do well changing. stuff. <laughs> and we today Look at all that. are going to, as part of this development <laughs> like your worst nightmare PowerPoint 50 slide. plus more yep. announcements. Wow. But I want to highlight five of them. The first is we're bringing search grounding and Bing to ChatGPT. Uh, we are very excited about this. Yeah, you can clap. <laughs> yeah, if you knew what it meant. What is search grounding? Look, ChatGPT is the most sort of fast-growing consumer app we've ever seen. Uh, and search grounding is very key feature, right? So that all the information is current and grounded uh, by what you ah. have from the crawl and the index. So and they've so been doing this with a plugin. That. We're uh, excited uh, to be able to. It's going to launch in uh, ChatGPT Plus immediately and quickly, coming even to the free tier. 
Uh, and we're, this is just the start of what these are uh, plugins that you can add to ChatGPT to bring right. uh, the best and adding search would up, bring it up to date. Experience. One of the problems with ChatGPT um, is it next we're it's bringing not up to date. the Copilot to the biggest canvas of all, Windows. And we knew about we this. We predicted but, this. Yeah. yeah. This is essentially Windows 12. We'll see if he says 12. Panos tomorrow about it, but so uh, Panos I think is talking this is tomorrow. Going to make every user a power user of Windows. Let's roll the video. This is what Paul's been saying is uh, is going to be Windows 12 as a kind of an AI. It's the logical thing. It would actually be an important version of Windows for the first time in a decade. Right. Look at that. It has a button right there on the taskbar integrated into all of Windows. How can I adjust my system to get work done? <laughs> That's a very open, <laughs> open question. Take off Minesweeper. There you go. <laughs> oh, nice. So to this day, I use search and settings all the time, trying to figure out what where to go to change something. Mm-hmm. Windows Copilot with summarize. This is something AIs are actually very good at, is summarizing existing content. Spotify playlists? Hmm. Satya likes the word flow. Yeah, well, it's what we talk about as developers. Sure. In the flow. You want to get in that mind state. Mm-hmm. all of Microsoft, it says. Well, I think any product that's going to run on Windows now is going to want to hook into Copilot, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So we're going to talk a lot more about Windows, um, you know, tomorrow when Panos is up here. The other thing that we're also very excited to launch is the Copilot stack, right? After all, we've built all these Copilots with one common architectural stack, we want to make that available so that everyone here can build their own copilot for their applications. Uh, we will have everything from the AI infrastructure to the foundation models to the AI orchestration all the way up to your copilots and its extensibility. In fact, the other thing that we're going to do is have common extensibility across all of these surfaces, right? Whether it is ChatGPT, Chat, Microsoft 365 Copilot, or all of the Microsoft Copilots. And of course, your own Copilots, we can so share. So as you're developing your own software, extensibility model. This Copilot's is one of the in foundation, so you can easily add AI to whatever it is For every developer to be able to write a plugin and yeah, have it reach it. billions of users across all of these surface areas. So to be able to show you everything in action. Well, you think about how much trouble most organizations have for finding information the inside the organization. Right. Let me invite up on stage Yusuf Mehdi uh, to come Here show you Yusuf all of this. Yusuf Mehdi. Yusuf? Hi, everybody. As We're I making mentioned. fast progress on delivering our vision of your co-pilot for the web and for business. And today, as Satya said, we're excited to announce that we're going to bring chat, GPT, and Bing together as with the default search experience to give you higher quality answers and more timely answers. Let's take a look. Here I am in chat GPT, and as you can see now, Bing is the default. And when I come in and select it, I can now ask sort of real-time queries. For example, let's ask what I should expect to hear 
from about build and .net. This is, of course, what you can see is the red alert results for now are Google. more up to date. Is they that people will start doing their searches not on citations. Google? In fact, if you can see the links on that yeah. page there, this just you can make click Bing those and it'll though. take you straight yeah. to a web page that's well, sourced by Bing. Yeah, maybe. We're also excited. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, you can clap. Right? This would have been cooler if I could have switched that to Google. Yeah, and you can imagine Google's we're also probably going to do this. We're going to bring interoperability between ChatGPT and Bing for plugins. So you write them once, and they're going to run everywhere. So as you can see here in ChatGPT, I've got Zillow and Instacart enabled, but I want to show them to you here in Microsoft Bing. Microsoft, a forty-eight so we'll flip over, or forty-seven percent owner. And you can see again, I've got the same uh, plugins now in both mm-hmm. Bing Open Chat AI, and in ChatGPT. ChatGPT so and what we're going to show you now is if they act as, as if they own it, they Chicago, kind of do. And I can ask for a set of criteria, yeah, learn a little bit about the neighborhoods, uh, and now I can automatically call Zillow Azure. by yeah. saying, "Hey, give me three houses in a certain price range." that meet my criteria. And what you can see is now I get these great options, and I'm also going to get all of the other great things you get with Bing, like helpful city guides and maps and prompts. This has been slowly rolling out to ChatGPT Plus users. They're going to work not just in chat and ChatGPT. They're going to work across the entire web, courtesy of the Edge browser. So here's an example. I'm on a web page here checking out a recipe for a cake, and now I can call Bing Chat, and ask it to tell One me, hey, is give me the Bing Chat doesn't have a limit on the number of queries Bing can you can read make. the context of the web page. And it doesn't cost you anything. Put them into chat. And yeah. then I can say, hey, give me a shopping list for this. And it'll automatically call the Instacart plugin. It's, take as you pointed out, it's very expensive right And put them into run. Instacart shopping. And with Sam one Allman, click, CEO I can get those now delivered to my house. said it's roughly 10x the cost of a Google search. Let me show you now how... That was a question of how much that $10 billion they gave was Let's just Let's show you how you'll be more productive right. at work. Uh, here, right. I'm going to use Microsoft 365. Yeah, here's $10 billion in Azure time would be welcome, uh, Now I'm probably. in Microsoft Word, yeah. and I'm going to uh, need some help for drafting a legal contract. I got a legal contract here, and I need some help with California law. So I'm going to call three plugins from Thomson Reuters to edit this document. First thing is I'll go into A lot into of this Copilot, stuff is already done in I'll, software. I'll pull it up, and I'll say, hey, yeah. help me understand how to edit the limitation of liability Using I'd be a little nervous, though, plugin. as It'll a, read the attorney. document, find the paragraph, and make that change. Next, I want to well, know if this hard is to enforceable this, under right? California law. So I'll call yes, the lawyers in the first place. That right. will do that we know these AIs and come back are and give frequently you an wrong. About it from a legal perspective. I wonder how they finally, since we're making lots of changes, I'd like to know the, to, the summary of all of these changes. And with document intelligence, I get a simple table that shows you all of those well, changes in an easy-to-read format. By joining like the power the of Microsoft 365 too. Copilot in yeah. Word with the support of these real powerful plugins like Thomson Reuters, now you can draft a legal contract in so much more powerful way. Let me show you one more. Here I am in Teams chat, uh, and I'm engaging with Microsoft 365 Copilot to track website changes. Copilot will just call the Atlassia plugin to help. Atlassian so you could probably Jira start hearing Copilot more than you hear the word thing, I would imagine. So it'll pull the Jira ticket automatically yeah. with the plugin. And now all Bing is I have a little to do tarnished. is assign uh, an owner using the Azure Active Directory, and that's it. It's all done. So with plugins and Microsoft 365 Copilot, you can intelligent reason across all of your business apps and the data stored in the I Microsoft wish they wouldn't use the word intelligent. to keep you in your flow. Mm. Finally, this is the new GUI, right? This is a new user yeah. interface for everything. Yeah, that's a really good Windows way of putting Copilot. it. I don't know if it's I've a better GUI. It's verbose. You your PC forever. You're, you're exactly right. Let me show it to you. Here I am. 
an encoding project on my PC, but I want to. Hey, we're going back to PC text interfaces, only with a lot more words. All I have to do now is invoke the Windows Copilot. Uh, I, now just I mean, it looks like a command line. <laughs> I click on that, and now will pop up the Windows Copilot on the right. This side this pane is coding, will be though, consistent of course, across so every I always wanted to make that right sidebar do something. Just like the Bing chat, I can now ask it questions. So like, just notifications, how can I right? My system to get work done? <laughs> yeah. And not only will I get so it, looks like he's using Visual Studio this, Code for this. I can this. now, with one click, take action on those suggestions. For example, I can put it into focus mode. Uh, I also know that as developers, we like dark mode. There's a suggestion here for dark mode. So with one click, I'm now here on the dark side. <laughs> and, uh, and to really get going, I want to get that coding playlist going. So I'll pull the plug-in from Spotify and say, give me a great coding playlist. This is the In this case, chill video that come up, Satch just showed And now I'll have it ready to go. Yeah. And finally, there's a suggestion here that says, hey, to organize your PC, let's take advantage of Snap. So with one click, it snaps all the... Those are all things you're going to do once at the first time you use your PC. What do you think? Uh, Okay. So the one thing that you might do more than once is uh, Spotify playlist. We have an incredible array of powerful AI-powered co-pilots. We've got over 50 plugins already available for customers and thousands more coming. I can't wait to see... Where would I see those plugins? Thank you very much. Where do they they show up? Thank you, that slide. Oh, we have, as Yusuf said, fantastic momentum already building. And this is about really creating that opportunity for developers to reach all users across all of these surface areas. And we are so excited to see how uh, you go about exploiting uh, that opportunity in the weeks and months to come. Uh, of course, when we talk about the AI platform and the Copilot stack, the next thing for us, which is really exciting, is AI Studio. This is the full life cycle tool chain for you to be able to build your intelligent AI apps uh, and your co-pilots. Everything from being able to train your own models uh, to be able to then ground, whether it's open AI or any open source model, uh, with data of, that you bring built in, uh, vector indexing in Azure Search, uh, built-in support for RAG or retrieval augmented generation. They're going to need is built-in support um, for your Azure bill for prompt when you use prompt all these features. And, orchestration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, built-in support for perhaps the most important feature, which is AI safety. One of the things that we've been hard at work yeah, how do is they do to that? build into the tool chain AI safety. It's, it's, we, we've been at work on AI safety for the last five years. We have principles which we have translated into a core set of processes that we implement across our engineering stack. And then, of course, we have all of the compliance and oversight. But the real challenge is not just to have these things outside the engineering process, but to build it into the everyday tool chain. Uh, And that's what we're doing with AI Studio. Uh, And it starts with testing. uh, There is the responsible AI dashboard that helps you during the testing phase to ensure uh, that what you're developing is safe. Uh, We have grounding. and In fact, the prompt flow is perhaps one of the best features for you to be able to ground your uh, models. Uh, You have provenance, provenance for media provenance, for the support for images and videos and watermarking. Who did you steal this image from? A voice that's going to be Mm -hmm. available to all of you as you build your applications. And at deployment time, that's perhaps one of the most critical things, is we have taken all of the safety work we did, for example, for the launch of Bing Chat, 
uh, and really made it available as just a set of features for uh, any developer to use, right? You can take an OSS model and use the AI safety This is, of course, what has kept other really companies from rushing into this space is this um, sense that and of course, then you can might even be risky. Microsoft has some experience with that with Tay. Uh, and that way, then you can make sure, sure. that it's not just also one have experience time, with managing inappropriate sure, images uh, on have the cloud in general. So we're very, right. very excited right. about AI Studio helping every developer out here to be able to build AI applications, but build them with safety first. Uh, let's roll the video. Introducing Azure AI Studio, a full lifecycle tool to build, with a customize, train, evaluate, and deploy the latest next-generation yeah, models responsibly. With just a few clicks, developers can ground AI models with their structured and unstructured data to quickly and easily build customized, cutting-edge conversational experiences for their customers. Developers can take advantage of a new model catalog that works with the popular models. It feels like this is a, a little bit of a gold rush. Azure Open AI it, without a doubt, it is. And many other open but, source yeah, models. Microsoft needs a lot of customers quickly. Flow, yeah. Developers can combine relevant data from your organization. This prompt flow looks to be the most important part. Better results. Like, this is profound. Prompt flow works with what is prompt flow? What is it? Internally developed or open source models uh, and uses popular open source. This tools is the part where you're actually training it on what you current. want it to know. Like, so is it building a prompt for you? Uh, looks like you have drag and drop modules. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Test and evaluate your AI deployments for safety. Huh. This is Azure AI Studio. The trusted as far as we, uh, I've never seen any of this in, in of AI the wild. This is untested as no. far as I know, right? This is all new. Yeah. And, and you notice the safety stuff is images and text. That's what they're talking about. Interesting. Not, not hallucination, all but... All AI applications start or maybe with a, data. And we are really thrilled to be announcing Microsoft Fabric. Uh, this is a product that we've been... You know, something new? ...working very, very hard on over multiple oh, years. so many names. It's finally <laughs> coming together. It's perhaps the biggest it's data analytics. of a data product from Microsoft yeah. since the launch of SQL Server. Uh, you know, it's really I wonder, you know, what, what, how this changes BI. I think it probably changes it quite storage. a bit. It unifies all of the Again. full analytics Again. stack product experiences. <laughs> it brings together governance, so it unifies governance with analytics. And most interestingly, it unifies the business model, right, across all the different types of analytics workloads, whether they're SQL, machine learning, whatever job you want, you can use the same compute um, uh, infrastructure. And this unification at the end of the day is what I think will fuel the next generation of AI applications. Let's roll the video. It's Introducing Microsoft unified, Fabric, unified, unified. a unified data analytics platform. One product, one experience, one architecture, one business model. Unified data is stored in one lake, a SaaS data lake for the entire organization. Data is data and stored in an open format, <laughs> allowing one copy to be used to train machine learning models, visualize data, and run SQL queries on the lake and data warehouse. A unified experience brings together all the tools data professionals need. Pipelines for orchestrating data movement, experiments for training machine learning models, semantic models for defining key metrics, and much more. 
and for business users. Fabric brings together data for collaboration. This all makes a lot of sense. If you can trust it, if it's if it's accurate, uh, this seems like a good way to do it. Well, it's as accurate as a data you feed it. It's built in for all your data. Well, or is it? I mean, <laughs> we know AI makes stuff up. <laughs> Whether it's right yeah. well, we're we're really this whole one leg thing is about setting up trying to create a consolidated view of the data in your organization. So it's only working from the data, lake. All your teams, yes, yeah. all in one place. This is Microsoft Fabric. Is there evidence that that helps with hallucination? That it's grounded in a in a single you know database. The AI it's not going to make stuff up for the infrastructure layer. Microsoft Fabric will do to the data layer for this next generation of AI applications. Very, very exciting. These are just the five of the 50. So we have 45 more to discover throughout the conference. We're, again, uh, really on a fast pace to build things that help us build this next generation of applications, but build them with safety first. Now, one of the things that I think we should ask ourselves as developers is why do we build? Why do we build technology? You know, this relationship between economic progress and economic growth and technology has been there for a long time. In fact, this graph, when you see it, it's pretty stunning that for most of human history, we didn't have much economic growth nor did we have much technology. They're starting, by the way, in the year 1,000. 50 years ago, <laughs> right, which was, was long a, in was building, a lot right, of right, from GDP perhaps growth. the Enlightenment yeah. to scientific revolution to the Industrial Revolution. Which Jeff was Jarvis would like to see years. that printing But then there was the real rise. progress. You see that slope going upwards. Electrification. And then, of course, over the last 70 years, information technology has played a role across all of those sort of seminal moments on the march towards that dream machine. And of course, we now enter the age of AI. AI is the hockey stick in this, What that slope looks like going forward. Are you sure it's not quantitative easing? But it's not even just (laughs) economic growth on its own, right? We don't build just because we want economic growth. We want economic growth so that we can have human development index growth. Are you channeling Ben Bernanke here? We want the lifespans (laughs) to go up. We want education and prosperity and standard of living to go up everywhere. That's why we build. That's why we innovate. That's why technology exists. It's not for technology's sake, but it is for that broad impact. And to me, this all came together. You know, in January when I was visiting uh, India, I had a chance to see this demo. And it sort of had a very profound impact on me because at some level it sort of motivated me to go into this next wave with that much more vigor to ensure that this time around, this technology reaches everybody in the world. There are two things that stood out for me, right? That things that we build can in fact make a difference to 8 billion people, not some small sort of group of people. And to be able to do that, by diffusing or diffusion that takes days and weeks, not years and centuries. Because we want that equitable growth, we want trust in technology, 
We want to ensure that we protect those fundamental rights that we care about and that we do this in such a way that we manage our energy transition given the finite resource we have in our planet. That's, at the end of the day, what grounds us in our mission to empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more. Except for China. And so I want to leave you empower with this China. video of what you as developers so are going seven to do. Billion. Let's just say seven. I appreciate the goal of eight billion, but they <laughs> yeah. need to be electrified and they need to be internet. Let's start with electricity. They're a little farther down that curve. Eight billion people yeah. all around the planet. Thank you very much and have a fantastic day. Well, that was quick. Uh, we were expecting yeah. uh, 90 minutes, but instead we got 30 minutes. I think there's two more half-hour units after this. All right. Well, while we're uh, speaking uh, Urdu, I'm going to uh, thank our uh, sponsor. If anything important happens, we will uh, jump right back into uh, the fray. Our show today brought to you by ACI Learning. 94% of CIOs and CISOs agree, attra- and I think you'll agree if you, if you listen, that attracting and retaining talent is is number job one, you know? Your team, your talent, as it were, deserves to be empowered to keep your organization secured. And wouldn't it be nice if they enjoyed it <laughs> while they were, if they were being entertained as well? Well, that's what ACI Learning does. Meaningful impact shows up as high engagement, and that means optimal performance. And your team will love ACI Learning. 30% of ACI Learners are MSPs. It's their own business, right? No wonder ACI Learning is preferred. If if you're spending your own money to get that training, it makes a big difference. Practice Labs are the perfect place to test and experiment before deploying new apps or updates, all without compromising your live system. That's one of the many things ACI Learning offers. IT Pro, Audit Pro, these great practice labs. You want to know more? Fill out the form. Go.acilearning.com slash twit. You can get more information on a free two-week trial for your team. Go at acilearning.com slash twit. We thank him so much for supporting our coverage of Microsoft Build. You didn't miss anything. <laughs> I'm a bit annoyed that they're using the term fabric again for something else. What was fabric before? Well, fab- fabric is the software that glues the their cloud together. It's how you communicate it on the cloud. It's okay. still out there, too. Okay. They just don't talk about it as much. What, what's wrong no- with... What, they were using the term dataverse before. That's a good one. <laughs> Microsoft's notorious for uh, overloading their uh, terms, like Outlook, for instance, which means 20 different yep. things. Uh, I think Copilot is the new overloaded uh, term. But it always has a word in front of it, at least. Yeah, I guess, right? So they called Microsoft Fabric. And this is that the idea that you're, you have one unified data lake that is accessed uh, by all your analytics and all your AI. And as you point out, that makes it more accurate. You have less well, to fear. But it's great for, for business intelligence. It's great for analytics, I would think, you know. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a goal we've had all along. You always wanted one view of your sure, data. Sure. And then apply AI to it and uh, and you can extract all sorts of uh, insights, I guess. Yeah. Having a large language model lets you explore it. That's pretty powerful. Kevin Scott. So here's Kevin Scott, CTO and EVP of AI. More AI. An amazing video, and thank you, Satya, for sharing it. It really is inspiring to see this technology getting diffused so quickly and having a real positive impact uh, across the globe, not just in the 
global, uh, the urban innovation centers here in the United States and in uh, the, the capitals of the industrialized world. Um, so I'm so excited and happy to be with you all here today in person at Build after a four-year hiatus. And is this the first um, in-person? I, I guess it goes without saying. Build, that I guess it is. Wow, since 2019, yeah. wow. over these past four years. Uh, one of the biggest changes, and it's the theme of this conference, is what has happened in the world of AI. Uh, just even I really in the appreciate past your year being and what in that your means hotel for you room for us, Richard. Thank you. I, uh, um, I, I, wrote I think it's a bit of a sacrifice, but uh, I, I thank you. I know you're going to get out there as soon as we're done. I was, uh, Eleven years old. I press think. the flesh. But um, thank and you. I remember what a thrilling yeah, moment. No, my, that was, my pleasure. Like being and able and to do keynotes are not my favorite thing anyway. Yeah, I'm sure this this the breakouts, meeting people, and going to the sessions are going to be the most valuable. Paul and Richard will join us uh, tomorrow for the second of these keynotes, also 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. And then as a developer, figuring out how I could participate in that change. And the thing that I can say that is like the most exciting thing in the world to me, maybe the most exciting time that I've experienced in my career, is what that power of AI is doing right now to help all of us have that moment, that ability to take something in our hands, to look at what was possible, what was impossible and becoming possible now, and then going and doing something. Is this great how uh, um, people so at Microsoft spend, dress on the uh, campus, or is this just kind of a, a costume? For I'm afraid you're looking at the Kevin Scott look. <laughs> okay, good. That's fine. No, it's cool. He's wearing you know blue jeans and a Hawaiian so shirt, and we're going to start with. I'm glad he dresses like this all the time. I'd feel kind of weird if he wore a suit most of the time and then showed up in a costume. I haven't seen it so did Microsoft in a long time. That's good. Progress with I like these, that. Uh, AI models, these foundation models that we're calling them now, and in particular, like the rapid pace of innovation that's being driven by OpenAI in, in their partnership with Microsoft. Um, we really are setting the pace of innovation in the field of AI right now. Uh, and, and I think even for us, uh, it's been surprising to see how much of the zeitgeist is being captured by uh, things like chat GPT and applications. It must be interesting for people like him who have been working in AI for years to suddenly see everybody's talking about it. You've seen it on the, on the late night comedy show, TV shows, you know. platform for building AI And I'm concerned of the implication that the chat GPT hit was a, was a plan. I think it was a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Either hosted that we built ourselves. A surprise from open AI. You don't think Microsoft expected them to go public. So uh, which one great on Azure. No, I think, uh, I think they didn't expect to be that big of a hit. We also have the world's ah. best AI developer infrastructure. So whether that is using these super powerful computers My to concern is your that it is essentially a toy. Or to build these applications that we're going like, to be talking uh, about at Build this year on top of that infrastructure. Like we well, have to be clear, you should never be having existential conversations with software. Yes, that's true. Scott's keynote is you, it's one thing to say, how many widgets did we sell in the third quarter? That's, you know, that's going to be good at that. It's another thing to say, should I leave my wife? Right, right. Go do some pretty awesome stuff. Or is Leo Laporte dead? This end-to-end platform starts with Azure. Um, I, I, we really believe that Azure is the cloud yeah, for we love AI. It. We love um, it. And it's not just the uh, amazing, technically complicated, we are making brilliant work so that much our partners, <laughs> OpenAI, have done on top of all of this infrastructure. 
but it's things that the teams that but Microsoft everybody's been uh, preparing build, for this uh, you know uh, google with its tpus own, uh, people AI expected models. this kind and of uh, big big model training going on in the cloud uh, for some years of here in this room are mm-hmm. building on top of azure uh, making azure this amazing it's also good for nvidia for right uh, doing they the make a lot of the hardware of ai in the world yeah. for this but it's not just azure but they're only um, really windows, only three companies to sell it to is the right. best client for ai development does amazon amazon has tpu style today and Thanos is going to dive into it pretty deeply tomorrow. Um, so Satya showed the Windows Co-Pilot, the best client which is going for AI to be development. an amazing part of your productivity mm. They're story. They're going to have to prove like that. GitHub Copilot works great on Windows, but increasingly what you're going to see is the ability to run these powerful AI models on your Windows PC uh, so that you can develop these true hybrid AI applications that span the edge I'm all the way to the I'm take a wild guess that OpenAI um, is just not running really, Windows really in its data center. Um, but what I'm going to spend most of my talk uh, discussing well, since with since they're running in Azure, I think they're using Linux. Of the yeah, co-pilot. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Satya's already referenced a whole bunch of the co-pilots we've launched. Like, you, you know, as he said, uh, you know, it's almost as if uh, we woke up on January the 1st and decided to do a whole bunch of press releases. But it's really been years <laughs> of work uh, where we have built a Thank platform you, for building co-pilots. Getting a little, getting a little close to the truth there, Kevin. Really these amazing releases that we've been doing uh, and we are sharing with you all today Complex some of those patterns tasks. that have helped us build co-pilots and mm. showing you and opening up our platform so that you can build co-pilots of your own. And so just to start with, uh, like a co-pilot simply said, is an application that uses modern AI that has a conversational interface that assists you with cognitive tasks. And we're going to talk a lot about what that means uh, later. Um, we, we believe that Notice you are still in the equation, big time. Um, so, like one of it's the most important the pilot. You're the pilot. It's your co-pilots that Microsoft has built. You, that maybe the most interesting fault. co-pilots <laughs> that get built are by you all uh, using these powerful tools. That He's you calling have, them pilots, uh, both though. On Azure, on Windows, and in the open source community. So, you know, as we uh, start talking about this. I would love to bring to stage uh, Greg Brockman, uh, the oh. president and co-founder of OpenAI, to talk about his experiences building GPT-4, like this powerful model that's powering a bunch of these co-pilots. Yeah, I think Altman's a business guy, GPT, right? Which maybe is the most They're interesting smart to co-pilot in the world right now. So to a developer please audience. join me on stage, Greg. Good to see you. Awesome. Fantastic. So thank you so much for joining us today here at Build. Um, so I wanted to start with the chat GPT experience. So uh, like I, I believe it's caught us all by surprise, like just how uh, crazy the adoption of chat GPT has been and how much interest there is. But like it's a really big engineering challenge to build something like chat GPT. So maybe you could talk a the little young bit guy, with 35. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, chat GPT learning was a really interesting process both uh, from I, I was looking at saying hey look Seattle guy valley guy yeah we'd actually yeah, kind of looks that way doesn't it? the idea of having a chat system for I don't a number have a of years. We even demoed at build uh, an early version called web gpt yep uh, and it was cool it was a fun demo uh, we had a couple hundred contractors literally people we had to pay to use this system Brockman and was like, the CTO hey, of uh, Stripe kind of help with coding tasks uh, who um, but for me the moment with Elon that really Musk to create was when we had gpt4 
Um, and the, we AI. had a traditional process, GPT-3. We just deployed the base model, so just been pre-trained. We hadn't really tuned it in any direction, and that was in the API. For 3.5, we'd actually gotten to the point where we were doing instruction following, where we had contractors who were given, here's an instruction, and here's how you're supposed to complete it. And we did that training on GPT-4. And the thing dropped that was out of so Harvard. interesting was I just, as a little experiment, was like, well, dropped out of MIT. So he's dropped out some of the best. After it already generated something. <laughs> and the model replied with a perfectly good response that incorporated everything from before then. And so you realize that this model was capable enough. It had really generalized this idea of, well, if you really want me to follow instructions and you give me a new instruction, maybe you really want me to have a conversation. And so for me, that was the moment that it kind of clicked that, okay, we have this infrastructure that's already in place with earlier model and this new model even just using this sort of technology that wasn't meant for chat, it wants to chat. Like, it's going to work. Um, and so this was a real aha moment. And it's interesting. There, I, I like, wonder if chat is the best UI work. for Yeah, and I think it was AI. really surprising to me. I remember when Sam called me up and said, hey, like, you know, we want to release this chat GPT thing, and, like, you know, we think it's going to be a few weeks' worth of, uh, you know, work to condition one of these models. And I was like, sure, why not? Uh, and I, I had no idea that it was going to work Oops. technically as well as it did and that it was going to be such a crazy success. Why is and Altman so, asking know, Scott for permission to do to something? Related to that, um, <laughs> I, I know that you yeah, really. are one of the principal architects on all Can of the Can we turn this on? It's going to cost you a billion dollars. GPT-4. Azure uh, and so GPT-4 powers uh, parts of ChatGPT, and it has uh, just really been a revelation for everyone who's been working in the field of AI. So I wonder if you could share a little bit of, you know, what are some of the interesting things that you found about the development of GPT-4? Yeah, GPT-4 was very much a labor of love. Um, as a company, we'd actually, after GPT-3, had multiple failed attempts to surpass the performance of that model. Um, it's not an easy thing. And what we ended up doing was going back to the drawing board, rebuilding our entire infrastructure, and a lot of the approach we took was get every detail right. And I'm sure that there's still bugs. I'm sure that there's still more details to be found. Um, but, you know, an analogy from Jakob, who was one of the leads on the project, that I really like is it's almost like building a rocket where yep. you want all the engineering tolerances to be incredibly tiny. And so lots of little details. Like, for example, it used to be, turns out that if we had a, we had a bug in our checkpointing where if you killed the job at exactly the wrong moment, you could end up with a blend between, you know, new weights and old weights uh, when the job restarted. Machine learning mostly doesn't care. It's happy to, to recover from that. But it's one of those things where every time you see a weird wiggle in your graph, you're like, huh, I wonder if this was that particular issue or if it's a real, real other one. And so or if you maybe go you back mixed and you really imperial and metric. every single detail and, and just do the kaboom. boring engineering work, like that is the main thing that I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, the boring engineering you work do is like at a just an unbelievable, phenomenal scale. It is like, speak I like Yoda today, so I just, uh, that's you know, what he was doing for right everyone there. in the room. Know. It's sometimes the boring <laughs> yeah. engineering work. Everybody seems that, like, a bit really fumbly. Like, yeah, yeah, of work do. Um, yeah, so this is not Satya their natural a bit in his talk environment. About this, is it? Uh, shared They're all out of practice. plugins. Maybe that's a good point. Four years. All of these folks in the room to write. We're watching Kevin Scott, who's CTO and EVP of AI at Microsoft, interview. Like one of the founders of uh, OpenAI. Um, and I know that that also has been an interesting uh, technical challenge. And like, we What's still nice is this is not really the, uh, technical. Uh, uh, I'd almost prefer them to just be chatting. Like, yeah, yeah, I'd almost prefer that to, than like, to get some it into yeah. the horrible that we ultimately scripted. want it to be in. So I, I wonder if you uh, like have some yeah. thoughts. You've you seen those Microsoft conversations Like I think it's been a really amazing opportunity both for sort of every developer to leverage this technology in a way that just makes the system better for everyone. 
right? And that's what, what I think is so exciting. Part of the reason we designed it as an open standard was because that way, as a developer, you build this thing once, and then any well, AI... Well, this was some of the debate, is, is it an such, open standard? A, a in fact, idea, the most right? recent the web, release is not open. Really drove it was anyone can build a website, and now everyone gets access to that. There's an and then open they open not revealed their training sources. Yeah, there's and an API, but they're not completely open about what they, how they got really what they got. No. Any developer who wants to be able to plug in and get the power of the system... Yeah. I don't know. Is yeah, open I, I having an really API mean you're open? I don't know. Conceptually, the, it's so simple. It reminds me a little bit about the, the first HTTP uh, server that I ever wrote. Like, if you understand the core concepts, you can stand up something very quickly that can do something very powerful. And, like, I, I think that is an awesome, uh, awesome thing. It's all just here. get um, put all the way down. So... You know, in your role at OpenAI, like you are constantly thinking about how to push the limits of the technology. Uh, and, you know, I think one of the really amazing things about our partnership is working with you all. It feels like we get to see a little bit further into the future than we otherwise would be able to. So I wonder if you this could is more like a session, say a few isn't things about what's exciting to you about what's over the horizon, yeah, like either with applications or with yeah. the models. Yeah, the thing that to me is interesting is we're almost on a bit of a TikTok cycle, like you Don't know, say in, TikTok. in all of your, uh, where you kind of come up with an innovation and then you you're really pushing it. It's and I think like that, Moore's Law and it'll double every year. The, the, yeah, the early likely, stage yeah. of really pushing it, right? That we still have vision capabilities that have been announced, but that we're still productionizing. And I think that it'll just kind of change how these, these systems work and how they feel and kind of the kinds of applications. So what's the tick and what's the talk? So I'm really excited to, if you also look back at kind of the history that over the past couple of years, I think we did like a 70% price reduction two years ago. Um, the base this past year, we did a 90% cost reduction, like a 10x cost drop. Like, like that's crazy, right? Crazy. And I think we're going to be able to do the same thing repeatedly with as long with as new you models. keep giving us so money, Microsoft. Right now, it's expensive. It's 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 you know it's not fully available. Um, More Azure. That's one of the things that I think will change. Yeah, and I, I think that is you know a thing that I would want to leave everyone here in the room with is that you know. And it's what we say to all of the developers inside of Microsoft building on top of these things. Like, what's expensive today won't be tomorrow uh, because the progress there is so fantastic. So I, I think we've got time to squeeze one last thing in. So um, you've already dispensed a bunch of, like, really great advice for uh, developers here in the room. But, like, maybe one more thing that you would uh, leave the audience with. I think that in this field, there's the technology is clearly getting better and better. Um, but the thing that I think every developer can do that is hard for us, and even, even Microsoft at Microsoft scale to do, is to really go into specific domains and figure out how to make this technology work there. So I really love companies that are in the legal domain and really getting expertise and talking to lots of lawyers and understanding what their pain points are with this technology. And so I think that, that there's a huge it's amount of value. It's kind of fundamental in all by, coding by is you have domain knowledge and awesome. you have uh, like the coding you, knowledge. You from Greg, the job of writing business-specific code uh, is so learning the domain. Thank you so much, Greg, for being with us here today. I, I don't think that, that was that insightful, but okay. Well, it's also a question if can the domain knowledge so, person uh, one more, uh, that. Right. interesting. That would be OpenAI interesting, thing. Chris. We're that's the holy grail. So we have isn't Andre Carpathy yeah. uh, here. I think I oh, see Andre uh, in the front row. Uh, so Andre is going to be here on this stage uh, later today doing a uh, state of GPT. So he's going to walk through the technology from beginning to end. Uh, like it's going to be an awesome he's session. Uh, was at Tesla. Be tight on seating, senior so, like, director of AI. Uh, you hmm. are not going and to want to miss of that. Course, to uh, um, OpenAI, so specializing in deep learning and computer vision. Um, 
So Satya mentioned a bunch of uh, the co-pilots that Microsoft has launched, Chat, uh, you know, and then our partners have launched. So, you know, we sort of think of ChatGPT as fitting this co-pilot pattern. Uh, Bing Chat certainly, GitHub Copilot, the Microsoft Security Copilot, Microsoft 365 Copilot, uh, and Designer, um, many, many more. Um, so the thing that we noticed as we were building these co-pilots, starting with GitHub Copilot several years ago, is that the idea of a co-pilot is actually pretty general. So this notion that you're going to have a multi-turn conversational agent-like interface on your software that helps you do cognitively, cognitively complex things um, applies to more than just helping someone do software development. Um, and, and that's sort of what you've seen. Like we have search co-pilots now, we're going to have security co-pilots, we have productivity co-pilots, and we're going to have all of the co-pilots that you all build. Um, and the thing that we noticed uh, for us at Microsoft is that we needed to look at what is common across all of these things so that we can understand how to design great user experiences and what the technology stack is that is going to empower us to deliver these things safely, responsibly, cost-effectively at scale. So the only reason that we have been able to do this sort of blitz of co-pilot announcements uh, and delivering these products to users so quickly is because we stopped uh, and took the time and energy to go build a co-pilot uh, technology stack that would allow us to move quickly with, uh, with, with safety. Um, so one of the things that I want to talk with you about today is what that technology stack looks like. Um, but before we dive into the details, like, you know, I think Satya's reminder to us all, like, why do we do what we do? So one of the important reasons that we have taken the time to sort of think Bill about Gates. this co-pilot stack as one coherent yeah. thing yeah. is platforms are important. Um, it gives us the opportunity to build things that are more ambitious than you otherwise would be able to build. And it gives you, the developers, a chance to build things that wouldn't be possible if the platform didn't exist. So I, I love this quote from Bill Gates. Uh, it, it may or may not be apocryphal, uh, but it's, it's still just been uh, attributed to Bill for many, many years. And you know, what Bill is saying here is that the true value of a platform only materializes when the value created on that platform is uh, accrues to the people who are building on top of the, of the platform, not the platform builder itself. Kind of the canonical so, definition like, of platform. If that's not true of a platform, then yeah. it's really and not something a Microsoft's actually good at. And, Absolutely. You know, the thing that makes platforms even greater than all of that value that they can stick. potentially produce is it prevents folks from having to bear the burden of building very complicated things from the ground up just to build the application that they want to go build. It's great if you want to build all of this stuff. So they're seeing, and it makes sense, Copilot company. is a platform. But if what you want to do is build a legal Copilot yeah. like Greg was talking about, or you want to make a Copilot for medicine or a Copilot for uh, helping people get through their insurance claims, I think it's fair. Um, you it's are not going Microsoft to want to build this all of this stuff platform. from the ground up. It will be economically infeasible. This, you know, here's the, um, the amount of compute that we are investing right? in and just sort right. of the scale of all of yeah. that infrastructure yeah, same is absolutely exact astronomical. <laughs> um, and the fact that the things that come out of the other end of the compute, right. these you know, foundation models that and this entire platform, and, that and, they you know, are reusable and generalizable, if there weren't a significant profit for Microsoft, they wouldn't be pursuing it. really a fantastic thing. Things that we've Anything been betting on for five years now that right. this was going to be a durable property of these systems. So 
One of the things that you're going to hear a lot about at Build is uh, this idea that the foundation models are powerful and they're getting more powerful, but they can't do everything. Um, and you shouldn't have to wait around until we train a model that can do the thing that you want to do. You should have ways to accommodate uh, your application, and open AI uh, build has been your using application plugins. on top of this technology, um, even when the model itself isn't uh, complete or perfect. And so we're going to talk about a ton of ways that you can do that. Uh, Satya has already referenced plugins. Greg and I chatted about plugins. Like plugins are going to be one of those powerful mechanisms that you use to augment a copilot or an AI application so that it can do more than what uh, the base platform allows you to do. Um, and, and like what a plugin may do is it helps augment your AI system so that it can access APIs and via API can do anything like. Uh, change state in a digital system or retrieve information. Uh, like for sure, people will use um, plugins to retrieve useful information. Like you've already seen some uh, video demos of that happening already, and you're going to hear a lot more about that. Um, it allows you to perform arbitrary computations uh, and to safely act on the user's behalf. There's and a Wolfram Alpha really, plugin. Really, the way that we think instance. about these plugins is they're almost like uh, actuators of the digital world. So anything that you can imagine doing digitally, like you can connect a copilot to those things via plugins. This is what we're worried um, about. Don't connect it to the nuclear launch codes. But what, what I'm going to spend <laughs> the rest of this talk uh, focusing on is you don't want to give AI's agency until you're really so sure what does the look like? they're on what your shared, side. Uh, what's common among all of these things that we built and like what are the platform components that we are building to help you all build co-pilots of your own. Um, so this starts from the user experience. Uh, there are some things that are the same and there are some things that are different about building co-pilot user experiences. Uh, there is an application architecture and there will be some familiar things about it but like a bunch of new stuff to learn. And then it is... Uh, it, it is so important for all of us to think about safety and security. You inherit a lot of that by using the tools that we built for you all, but like, you know, it's a thing that you need to think about from the very first steps of building your co-pilot applications. So I just want to start with the thing Again, that doesn't do change not connect when you're thinking about codes. building a co-pilot. You have to build a great product. So it, it's, it's, it is something that we sometimes forget, but you have to understand what that unmet user need is, uh, like what it is that you are trying to make better, where you have a unique understanding of that thing that maybe no one else has. And then you need to apply the technology. Like, sure, the tech is great. It's like making a, a whole bunch of things <laughs> that were impossible or infeasible or expensive, uh, possible, easier, and cheaper. Um, but it does not absolve any of us of the responsibility of sort of thinking about what good product making looks like. And one thing in particular that you have to really bear that's in good, mind that's a good thing is to the model is not your product. Unless you are an infrastructure company, uh, like, like the model itself Microsoft, is say. just infrastructure that is enabling your product. Like it isn't the thing in and of itself. And so like one of the mistakes that I've seen just you know, being in, in the tech industry over the 20 years is like having people sort of fixate on uh, infrastructure versus fixating on product. So, you know, it's just a thing that, you know, we even have to remind our teams here inside of Microsoft over and over and over again is like use the infrastructure that you have at hand that is best going to enable you to solve your problem. Don't build infrastructure that you don't have to build. 
Um, and, and again, it, it's just up to you all. It's up to us. Like we have to build great experiences, things that delight users. It's like we got to get useful to remind into the hands of users. Developers once in a while. See what it's works. It's all about the product. Make it a good experience. Solve a problem. So let's dive into the Copilot stack. So Satya already showed this, uh, and like we're going to blow it up a little bit now. Um, so this is uh, how our co-pilots at Microsoft are structured. And like these are some of the things that we're going to be diving into greater detail in subsequent talks for you all to have a look at, to pick up, to use, to learn about, and to make things. Um, some of this may look familiar. Uh, so there are three boxes. Uh, you can think of these as roughly corresponding to the three tiers of a normal application. So you've got a front end, you've got a mid-tier, you've got a back end. So the front end, like the things that we've already talked about, is like you start with understanding what your amazing product idea is. The, the thing that's a little bit different about the user experience design with Copilots is uh, we have more or less been building user experiences the same way for 180 plus years since Ada Lovelace wrote the first program. Like we have had to understand what the machine is capable of and then we are fiddling around with how we express the connection between the human and the machine like in very explicit ways. So like what that means for you all is like fiddling around with user interface elements, menus, binding code to actions, uh, like trying to fully anticipate the needs of the user and architecting your applications in a particular and familiar way so that people know how to get at all the functionality, the capability that you really built into your code. The thing that's a little bit different in a co-pilot is you're going to spend less time thinking about like what your user interface widgets are. Microsoft have, have an advantage um, because like they are both the second guess providers the and the about consumers what they of, want because uh, the they technology. have this really natural mechanism to express Google what it is they too, want. With natural language. Yeah. And yeah. so like what you have to think about in the design of these co-pilots is like what they certainly have standing when they come to, to developers and say, look, you know, so, like, we're developing on top of this. We have some experience. Like a bunch of the stuff that I'm about to show you in the orchestration layer with plugins uh, and you know maybe even with fine-tuning models or using a portfolio of models to accomplish but it's going to be way less of that fiddling around like mapping user interface elements to little chunks of code yeah, than, text. Uh, than you're accustomed we're back to, to the command line um, and you also on the flip side yep. of that have to think about uh, what you want the co-pilot yes. not to do <laughs> um, and so this is like important in how you're thinking about safety but also, because like the thing at the bottom of the stack, these foundation models are sort of uh, uh, like a big bucket of unrestrained capability. Like you're the one who oftentimes has <laughs> oh, to restrain write it that to down. like your particular domain. A big domains. bucket of unrestrained um, capability. capability. That's a show like, title for you. I must have that uh, that uh, task, muscle well developed. <laughs> solve your development problems like you're not trying to figure out what the best menu item is on taco bell when you're uh, sitting in uh, github copilot trying to write a piece of code um so that's the user interface like just broad brush like what is different there so now let's talk about orchestration um so orchestration is like the business logic of your copilot um, and, and as I mentioned, when we started building our own co-pilots, every team inside of the company was building their own orchestration layer. So like all of that logic to figure out like how to get a thing to, 
you know, sequence through all of the models, do all of the filtering, like do all of the prompt uh, augmentation that you have to do to like build a really great app. And we just sort of noticed that there was commonality across all of those things. So one of the things that we did that greatly affected our ability to get these co-pilots out to market at scale and to do more ambitious things was to decide that inside of Microsoft we are going to have one orchestration mechanism that we will use to help build our apps. Uh, that is called Semantic Kernel, which we've open sourced, uh, and there is a session on Semantic Kernel later at Build, which I would encourage you all to attend. But like we also uh, know that we're not the only ones who've seen that there's all of this commonality across orchestration, and there's some really great open source orchestration tools that work super well inside of the Azure ecosystem that we're building. So Harrison from Lang chain. Uh, shout out to Harrison is here with us uh, in the front row. Um, yeah, give Harrison a round of applause, please. Is so it, Lang it, Langchain all is like equal, one of the uh, most uh, uh, popular open this, source or? orchestration mechanisms. Uh, I mean, it's just an API. Uh, like, so yeah. doesn't really matter. Harrison with a very small team has, uh, you know, the built a thing that is useful to use an extraordinary to number AI of developers. So, you know, and, and orchestration isn't a solved problem. Uh, like, we're going to see a lot of new ideas there. Uh, and, like, the thing that I want to assure everyone here in the room is that um, you'll be able to use whatever orchestration mechanism you want. Uh, like, we'll give you some options uh, that we think are great for us. Uh, like, we'll point you to some of our open source favorites. Uh, but if you want to roll your own thing, like, that's your choice. Uh, like, I'm a developer. I like rolling my own stuff uh, Have you looked at the too. API at all, uh, um, One of the things that you'll mm -hmm. see in Scott Guthrie's talk kind of a REST uh, that's API coming up or? next is PromptFlow, uh, which yeah. is yeah. another orchestration mechanism that actually so unifies a conversation uh, Langchain and Semantic Kernel. Uh, and so, like, I encourage yeah you all to go dive a little bit deeper there. So inside of the orchestration layer, the, uh, the fundamental thing that you're going to be manipulating is a prompt. And so a prompt is just a bucket of tokens uh, that is generated by the user experience layer of your application. It could be, you know, in something like Bing Chat or ChatGPT, so you like tokenize a the, the, or the uh, like a, a thing that a user mm -hmm. is asking the model to do. Or it could be something that your application constructs, uh, like where it's not a direct natural language thing from the user, but a natural language thing that you are conveying to the model from your application. And a big part of handling those prompts at the beginning stages of orchestration is um, prompt and re response filtering. Uh, so basically saying, I'm not going to allow these prompts through uh, because you know, maybe they will cause the model to respond in a way that doesn't meet the needs of your application or do something unsafe. I um, mean, you also filter responses on the way back up. Um, so after the model has produced a response to the prompt, uh, like you may decide that you want to filter some or all of the prompt out. Uh, like a natural thing to, uh, where, where this happens is with the safety infrastructure that you're going to see uh, Sarah Bird talk about in her talk later. Uh, but like there are other reasons that you may want That's to. That's interesting. Do the burden for this is on the, the developer. On the you also on the have this user, uh, the unit of programmer, of, not the uh, prompt. Mm -hmm code called the MetaPrompt. And the MetaPrompt is the standing set of instructions that you give to your co-pilot uh, that get passed down to the model on every turn of conversation that tells it how to accommodate itself to the co-pilot that you're trying to build. Uh, it's where a bunch of your safety tuning is going to happen. Uh, it's where you sort of tell the model like what personality you want it to have. Uh, so like for instance we use the MetaPrompt to do things like telling Bing Chat to be more balanced uh, versus more precise. 
Um, it is also like how you sort of teach the model new capabilities. So like you can even think of Metaprompt design as a form of fine tuning. Um, and so it's just far easier to do things in the Metaprompt than to like have to go down to the lower layers of the infrastructure and start rolling your own things. Um, once you get past the Metaprompt and the prompt filtering stages, like you start to think about grounding. And grounding is all about adding additional context to the prompt that may be useful for helping the model respond to the prompt that's flowing down. So in the case of Bing Chat, which uh, I think is the first place that was really doing retrieval augmented generation before retrieval augmented generation had a name, um, we basically look at the, at the prompt, the user query, and issue an, a query to the search index to find relevant documents for the prompt. We add those documents to the prompt and send it to the model so that it has that extra context to provide a good answer. Um, increasingly, people are using vector databases so uh, to do retrieval augmented generation. So like you may the take the prompt, model. compute a set of embeddings for them, and then do a lookup in a vector database that is indexed by those embeddings uh, to get relevant documents for the prompt and give that extra context for the model to give you a better answer. But you may also... Uh, augment the prompt and do grounding with arbitrary web APIs, and like you can even think about using plugins for doing grounding. Um, you know, the, and so the next step here is like this is where plugin execution happens. Uh, so at this stage, like again, you know, what I just mentioned in grounding, like you may use uh, the plugin to add some extra context to the prompt before it goes down to the model, or you may execute something, uh, you know, do do a plugin execution on the way back up from the model so that you can take an action on a system. So once you get through uh, like all of the stuff in the orchestration layer, and I should say like also, um, you, you may be doing multiple turns through this whole system. So like calling multiple models, like making multiple passes through this whole pipeline in order to like get what you need from the system. Um, but at the very bottom of the stack are uh, foundation models and infrastructure. And we give you a bunch of choices for how to use foundation models uh, in this co-pilot platform on Azure and on Windows. So you can choose to use one of the hosted foundation models like the ChatGPT model or the GPT-4 model that are now available on the Azure OpenAI API service. Um, you can fine-tune one of these hosted foundation models, uh, the ChatGPT-3.5 fine-tuning APIs are live now, and you'll be able to fine-tune GPT-4 soon. Um, but if neither of those options work for you, like you have sort of exhausted all of the things that you can do in the orchestration layer to get your uh, co-pilot to do what you need, uh, and neither of these things will work for you, like you can't wholly solve your problem with a hosted API because of whatever reason, uh, you can't use the fine-tuning APIs to accomplish what this you want to accomplish. This is not for somebody using copilot. this is for somebody developing like a copilot in a specific domain. Really what's happening in the open source essentially what he's right done, like there's his team has done, to create copilot. Brilliant work that you as a developer will have to do if you want to do it. And one of the things that you will see say, in the next you know, talk is This is what we wanted to hear at Build. We're going to build our own. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be a place you can go inside of Azure to find the most popular models on Hugging Face and in GitHub where you'll be wow, able to push button, provision, and deploy those models to Azure to use in your code. Bring your own models. Um, and also, like, you can train your own model from scratch. Like, as we mentioned several times, like, from the, the most ambitious models in the world, the ones that OpenAI are training, uh, all the way down to, like, smaller things. Like, Azure AI supercomputing infrastructure and our environment give you a great, great way to train your model from scratch if that's what you need to do.
So this is, this is the co-pilot sack, top to bottom. Uh, and what I want to do now is make this maybe a little bit less abstract by talking about uh, a co-pilot that I wrote. Um, so I host yeah, this is much more like a developer session than a keynote, which is and great. Every month, I think that's uh, fine. Podcast air, I'm fascinated. I don't know if comes our audience needs to write a social media post to advertise the podcast. I and I suck at this. Uh, like I forget to read my emails. Like they have to bug me over and over <laughs> again. And like they really, really want a Kevin social media co-pilot, so they don't have to <laughs> go through the irritation of dealing with me. And so <laughs> you know, I had the honor recently of. Uh, interviewing Neil deGrasse Tyson on the podcast. And so, like, I'm just going to walk you through uh, this co-pilot that we built uh, that we actually just ran uh, and did the social media post for the Neil deGrasse Tyson podcast. Social media. I love it. I need this. Social media. Here's what it looks like. Um, So just end-to-end picture, like the co-pilot runs on a Windows PC. It uses a mixture of open source models and hosted models. it uh, like does retrieval augmented generation, um, and it calls a plugin to finish doing its work. Wow! So let's walk through these step by step. So the first step of this process is we have an audio file and we need a transcript. So, so on Whisper AI Windows to PC, do the transcripts. We take the OpenAI open source Whisper model and run the audio through the model to get a transcript. Um, does a really amazing job. So once we have the transcript, like the next stage in the orchestration, is uh, we have the Databricks Dolly 2.0 12 billion parameter large language model running on our Windows PC. Nice. And we ask it some things about the transcript. Like, for instance, who Who's was the guest, guest this episode? Because, yeah. like, again, we want to do this like lights out, like not have to have Kevin answering a bunch of questions because he's uh, slow and annoying. Um, so Unlike the next Chad thing GBT. we do once we have the transcript and we have all of this information that we've oh, extracted from, uh, from the transcript, uh, like we want to send a chunk of that to the Bing API, uh, or like we want to send Neil's name to the Bing API to get a bio. And then we're going to combine all of this stuff together These into bio sources uh, are, are a single often packet of information, uh, like a big prompt that has some stuff about the transcript, better. Some, uh, and some stuff about Neil. And we get our social media like a media lot of blurb. points where you could introduce um, error. Like, this is a pretty good blurb. Uh, so we're going to go to the next step here, uh, which is, like, we need a thumbnail. So we call our hosted wow. OpenAI API to get the an output. image from the Dolly model. Uh, this looks pretty good. It's cosmic. It's sort of podcasty. Uh, like, plenty good enough uh, for this, uh, this post. And so the last step is uh, we want to invoke a plugin uh, for LinkedIn that will take the thumbnail and the post and the link to the podcast and just post it to my LinkedIn feed. Um, one of the super important things about this is we are, um, like, w- before we take an action on the user's behalf, we want to present to them, like, what it is that's going to happen. Because if, if for some reason or another the model went haywire and produced something that we didn't want to post, like, once I hit yes, this is going to 800,000 people on LinkedIn. So we review, we click yes, and we post. Wow. So, uh, and this is the live post that's right uh, like on LinkedIn right now. You should go check out uh, this episode with Neil. It's awesome. Well, I have to point out, the text it generated was exactly what you'd expect from ChatGPT, kind of generic, so this is effusive a really just a, BS. A, 
uh, yeah. illustration corporate for you speak. all. Like corporate speak. But you know what? It's LinkedIn. It's exactly the right. It was really pretty. It's not probably appropriate. Sometimes you need corporate. It's pretty easy to, um, uh, to, to do. Um, so we posted all of the code on the GitHub repo. Like I encourage all of you to check it out. Yeah, like social media is a very good place to about do how this. To build your first, the standards uh, first are pilot. <laughs> So the thing that we want to talk about your expectations uh, for literacy are low. Exactly. Uh, we well, you know, literacy in, is not um, the problem. To Scott it's usually Tito very good at you know. It's very AI grammatical. Safety. So it's mm-hmm. the first thing that we think about when More we're so building co-pilots, um, and we think about it at every step of the process. Um, you're going to hear a ton about this great AI safety work from my colleague Sarah Boyd, who runs our uh, responsible AI infrastructure team inside of the AI platform group. I had, I had Sarah uh, on run really, really, really That's right, I remember. Stuff, yeah. uh, like we're giving you all some amazing tools to go uh, build uh, really safe, responsible AI applications. Um, just very quickly, like I want to mention uh, one of the things that you're hearing here first, Satya mentioned it, is we're giving you a bunch of like amazing media provenance tools uh, that will help users understand mm. when they're seeing generated content or not. Like we're going to be uh, watermarking all of the content that we are producing, and we're giving you tools where if your AI applications, your co-pilots are generating synthetic content, you'll be able to call our APIs and add these cryptographic uh, provenance watermarks to your tools. It's super, super exciting stuff. So, um, co-pilots, um, you have heard from us that we have this amazing new software development pattern. Um, you have heard about how we think about architecting co-pilots. Um, and you have heard our enthusiasm that, like, not only are there going to be a bunch of co-pilots from Microsoft and from our partners, but, like, we really think that you all are going to be the ones who build the most interesting co-pilots in the world. Um, it's just like any other major platform. Like, the thing that makes your PC great, the thing that makes the Internet great, the thing that makes uh, a smartphone great aren't the things that launch uh, when those platforms launch. It's what you all will create on top of them. So um, I want to share one anecdote before we go. Um, I was an intern at Microsoft Research in 2001. I came, uh, came to MSR with my PhD advisor uh, when he went on sabbatical. And we would go out with our research group every Thursday to this uh, burrito joint in Bellevue that I think is closed now called Acapulco Fresh. And occasionally this gentleman would join us. His name is Murray Sargent. And Murray... Uh, like I was a 30-year-old PhD student, um, seemed like a legend to me because Murray was the guy who had broken the 64K limit uh, on (laughs) the Intel microprocessors. So like many of you may be too young to even remember this, but at one point in time, like the computers that we shipped could only use 64 kilobytes of memory uh, for doing the work that they had to do. And Murray was the guy when the 286 came out that figured out protected mode and got Microsoft software to work uh, beyond that 64K uh, memory barrier. And it's like unbelievable to sort of think about what impact like small things like that had on the trajectory of the industry. Um, So, you know, I I was in awe of Murray, and I wondered uh, every time we had lunch with him, what am I ever going to do in my career that would would allow someone like me, uh, like a younger version of myself, to look at me and think, wow, like this guy did some legendary stuff. And so this is the moment for all of us now 
We have capabilities in our hands with these new tools in the early days of this new platform to absolutely do amazing things where literally the challenge for you all is to go do some legendary stuff (laughs) that someone will be in awe of you for one day. I like it. And so with that, I would like to bring to stage uh, my colleague, uh, Executive Vice President of Cloud and AI, uh, the legend himself, Scott Guthrie. Oh, Scott Goo. Yeah. In a red shirt. Red shirt goo. (laughs) Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, It is great to be back here at Bill. Uh, I'm really looking forward to spending the week with you. You know, as uh, Kevin and Satya have talked about today, you know, AI is going to profoundly change how we work and how every organization operates. And every existing app is going to be reinvented with AI. And we're going to see new apps be built with AI that weren't possible before. And Kevin just walked us through the Copilot stack and explained the different layers involved in building solutions that take deep advantage of large AI models. I'm going to build on his talk and walk you through how we're going to make it easy to develop these AI solutions using Azure, GitHub, and Visual Studio. We're going to show a lot of code today in my talk uh, and introduce you along the way to some amazing new capabilities. I wonder uh, that if we're we announcing should uh, stick with this build. or maybe Let's this is a good time to uh, wrap up if he's going to show you know, the Visual Studio a bunch of coding. Products, which includes both Visual Studio it's it's going to get Cody from here. It's sure. going to get pretty specific, and I want to encourage people who are interested in coding uh, to continue to watch. I, should, I certainly would like to, but given that we've got another show in about half an hour, and we, I know Rich probably wants to get to work, uh, I think this would be a great time to uh, break off. We saw a lot. I mean, Satya Nadella came out and essentially set, set the table saying, look, we've got 50 AI announcements we're going to do here at Build. I'm going to give you just five of them. Um, yeah, but, but also not a grab bag, like clearly a consistent theme. Like this is a better organized keynote that I've seen in a while. For yeah. And, and, you know, I have to say it's a very developer specific keynote, which I kind of like uh, a mm-hmm. lot of times. It's built. And so it feels right. It feels right. So they got, yeah. they gave a big piece to, they basically announced that there's going to be Windows Copilot. So it's good to know that's out there. But from there, they've got into you're a developer and you want to do this and let's do it. Very much. You know, in the I wish the yeah. marketing for build had been like this because this <laughs> message here is excellent. Yeah. You just didn't know it from the yeah. outside. Well, you know, I have to say with both Google I.O. and uh, my, uh, Apple's WWDC, they usually take these keynotes as a opportunity to, you know, sell the company and sell the idea mm-hmm. and very much less to uh, talk to developers in in specifics i'm impressed i think this is uh this is great um satya yeah, talked I'm, about i'm really pleased uh the five products that he talked about search grounding in bing to uh, mm-hmm. chat gpt he called it search grounding but i think essentially it means uh we're going to see more uh, uh ai in uh, bing search he talked about windows copilot being across all of microsoft mm-hmm. uh the copilot stack which adds extensibility and plugins. We're going to hear a lot about plugins going forward, taking these models and adding, you know, specific capabilities like, say, Wolfram Alpha or uh, Open Table, so that you can use the AI to do real-world things. He talked about the Azure AI Studio, um, and then finally, um, 
Microsoft Fabric, which you say overloads the, an existing product from uh, Microsoft. Yeah. And, but, and it's just not a name that relates to data near as much. Right. When there's so many other good data names. Like, I'm just annoyed. It's like, <laughs> you had Dataverse already. Why wouldn't you stay with that? You've been talking to us about consolidating our data into common repositories for decades. But now, okay, we have another name. Yeah. And it's essentially a data lake uh, for uh, all of your data that you'll be using the AI with. Uh, which um, I thought was what the old data lake was. Anyway, <laughs> right, right. Uh, use of many know. came on very briefly just to, you know, kind of talk more about this idea of, uh, of uh, AI in Bing. And then a great talk, I thought, from Kevin Scott. He did a little quick interview he, with He him. had an hour, you know. Yeah. I mean, he was. Yeah. He was. He deserved it. Voice. He's the guy uh, the developers want to hear from. He's the CTO for AI. Um, yeah. and I think he not only had a great little kind of informal chat with the, one of the founders of OpenAI, Greg Brockman, but then walked through uh, what it would take to create an AI-based uh, product on Microsoft's Copilot stack. Uh, in fact, that's what, if you quickly go to what we're missing, that's exactly what they're doing uh, right they're now. They're going deeper into writing the code. Yeah. Uh, Scott Goo has actually introduced somebody who's doing the writing. I don't know if it's Hanselman or somebody, but uh, somebody who's actually doing the coding. Is that um, is that on the left? Is that C sharp? What is he What is he writing in? Oh, uh, I, yeah. I see def. Definitely. I usually look at how you define a function to figure out what uh, Python. That's, that's Python. Python. Right. Yeah. No no semicolons. I should have known. There you go. <laughs> White, lots of white space. Okay. And yeah. then seeing on the right, Copilot generating some code uh, to to add in, which is a really, uh, I mean, it's a cool demo. And of course, um, if you want to watch it, I invite you to go to build.microsoft.com because we are going to mm -hmm. cut away. Any takeaways, uh, any surpri surprises uh, today? I'd be surprised to see Kevin Scott, such a big piece of the story. Uh, and that, that to me is exciting. It talks about a new tone uh, coming from Microsoft. I love Satchel it. Satchel looks com comfortable. But, uh, you know, my friend Goo seems even more comfortable. <laughs> uh, they say they get a little bit of a lumpy start, but that's fine. You know, folks who got moving along uh, didn't see Altman. I don't think that's a bad thing either. The theme is very clear and they delivered on the one most important thing is, yes, you get to build your own. Yeah. Like, and the, here's how you you would have this would been a waste if they didn't get yep. to that. And yep. they nailed it. Yep. So yep. Uh, one of the better dev keynotes I've seen in a really long time from anybody, much less Microsoft. We're going to come back tomorrow at nine uh, Pacific noon Eastern with part two. What do you think they mentioned? Panos Panay will be at part two. What do you think we'll be yeah. seeing? I, I, I think more conversation about the windows copilot is going to be interesting. I do know that there, there's a deeper run into all of the, these workflows, uh, uh, more in the data analytics side and so forth. Um, uh, so there's, there's lots to explore still. I mean, they're, they're, the word has gone out inside of Microsoft. If you're not doing an AI related thing for your product, you're making a mistake. And so every product team has something to show. Yeah. Not just Microsoft. I suspect a lot of companies right now are yeah. hopping to it, uh, to, to get AI into their products. Rich will join us again with Paul Therott this time, uh, mm -hmm. tomorrow. I'm going to, I'm going to be a little late tomorrow. I, That's one of my, my interviews got rescheduled. VPs are difficult as you know. Yeah. And so uh, I will uh, I'll jump in as soon as I wrap up with uh, Bob, sir, and I'll be able to catch that. And then we're going straight into Windows Weekly from there. Then we're segueing right into Windows Weekly. And then I know you yeah. have to leave Windows Weekly uh, for Mark Rosinovich, for Mark Rosinovich, which is very exciting. Yeah. You're going to have and all. Will these all be on Run as Radio or 
Yeah, these will be run as radio. That's fantastic. That's, that that's fantastic. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. That's Richard Campbell, runasradio.com, .net rocks, and of course, uh, regular on Windows Weekly. We love having you on. Thank you for spending the morning with us. That was good fun, Leo. Thank you. Thank you, Richard Campbell. And thanks also to ACI Learning, our sponsor for all of our Twit News this year, uh, and our studio sponsor, too. Your IT skills, I hate to say it, outdated in about 18 months. And in this AI era, maybe even faster. Stay ahead of the curve. Strengthen your IT expertise with affordable certification-based learning that will launch or advance your career. One-third of IT jobs these days require a cybersecurity certification. Ongoing training is critical to avoiding redundancy. Let ACI Learning help you choose the best certifications for your career and uncover the suitable funding options to help you pay for your training. If you're, for instance, uh, a vet, they've got great training for you. Lots of great stuff. Don't just land a job. Start a secure, lifelong career. ACI Learning is with you every step of the way with binge-worthy training. Visit go.acilearning.com twit. To learn more, use the code TWIT30 for 30% off a standard or premium individual IT Pro membership. We thank ACI Learning so much for uh, all the help that they have given us this year, uh, keeping the lights on. We really appreciate it. Thanks also to our Club TWIT members who who do all of that. Let's just quickly check the stage again. Scott Guthrie uh, talking about how people are using a GitHub Copilot right now. We saw a coding demo and back to that Copilot stack we saw earlier. They're really, I love it. This is a keynote that developers are actually getting something of value out of. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's really fantastic. On message. On message. Absolutely. Across ChatGPT and all of the Microsoft Copilot offers. Thank you, Richard Campbell. Thanks to all of our viewers. Uh, if you want, again, if you want to continue to watch, and I don't blame you, I'm kind of tempted myself. Build.microsoft.com has the live stream. Uh, and we thank you for uh, being here. We'll see you next time, actually tomorrow, I hope, for part two. Take care. Hey, I'm Rod Pyle, Editor-in-Chief of Ad Astra Magazine, and each week I join with my co-host to bring you This Week in Space, the latest and greatest news from the final frontier. We talk to NASA chiefs, space scientists, engineers, educators, and artists, and sometimes we just shoot the breeze over what's hot and what's not in space, books, and TV. And we do it all for you, our fellow true believers. So whether you're an armchair adventurer or waiting for your turn to grab a slot in Elon's Mars rocket, join us on This Week in Space and be part of the greatest adventure of all time. <laughs>